Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Here ends the Old Testament reading. Father God, it's easy to sing that we'll preach your gospel till our dying breath. But like that song says, we'll only do that by grace, by your strength. So please use your word now to strengthen us for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Please do have a seat. A while back, uh, I knew someone who had been chaplain of the Mays Prison in Northern Ireland, and uh, he had seen IRA terrorists come to faith. And for his pains, uh, he got a bagload of hate mail uh, from people who said uh, terrorists shouldn't even have the chance to turn back to God. They used phrases like this, they've done too much evil, they're beyond forgiveness, let them go to hell. And that is just how Jonah, the Old Testament prophet, felt about the people God sent him to speak to. And so, as you'll know, if you've been here for this series on Jonah, he refused to go. So to set the scene for this week, let me just remind you of chapters 1 and 2, where Jonah says no to God and God refuses to take no for an answer. So could you turn in your Bibles to page 775, page 774 and 775 is the double spread where you'll find Jonah page 775, and let me take us back to chapter 1 and verse 1, just to recap. So Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Nineveh was one of the main cities of the Assyrians. The Assyrians were known for their cruelty and brutality. You you might almost say terrorism. And God knew that. Like he says in verse 2, their evil has come up before me. And yet... He still wanted to warn them that he was against what they were doing and that they would face his judgment if they carried on. 
And although verse 2 doesn't say so explicitly, that meant God wanted them to have the chance to turn back to him, which is just what Jonah didn't want them to have. Because he was thinking like the people who wrote those letters about the IRA terrorists. Uh, They're beyond forgiveness. They've done too much evil. Let them go to hell. And so he legs it by ship uh, in the opposite direction. God engineers a storm to put the ship in peril. So Jonah tells his shipmates to chuck him overboard because he knows that God is after him, not them. And with Jonah moments from drowning, God organizes a big fish, possibly a whale, to swallow him, save him, and then spew him up on dry land again. So that brings us to chapter 3 and verse 1, if you'd look down to that. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. And uh, those verses are lesson number one of this chapter, which is that God still wants to use us to speak for him despite our failures and attitude problems. And Jonah is, is exhibit A, because in chapter one he's just been a total failure to speak to God, to speak for God. And as we'll see in chapter 4, his attitude is actually no better in the second half of the story. He does not eventually go to Nineveh because suddenly he's willing, because suddenly he has a heart for lost people. He buckles down and goes because he's told to. And yet, despite Jonah's failure and attitude problems, God still wants to use him to speak for him. And that should be a big encouragement to all of us who are Christians. Because further on in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2 tells us that all Christians are, in a sense, prophets. In other words, spokesmen, spokeswomen for Jesus. Not prophets like Jonah and Isaiah who receive direct messages from God that have finally made it into the Bible. But prophets in the sense that we have received the gospel message about Jesus in the Bible And this is what God wants us to pass on to others. So can I say, if you are still just sorting out where you stand with Jesus, you need to know that. You need to know that if you do come to faith in Jesus, that can't just be a private affair. Because Jesus said part of following him is actually to help others hear about him. And that is a privilege, I want to say. But it does also make life harder because people by nature don't want to hear about him. But for those of us who are following Christ, uh, these first two verses are a big encouragement. Because would you put your hand up um, if you can think of no times when you've missed an opportunity to speak about Jesus. No times when you've uh, blown the chance to invite someone to an event or to answer a question about your faith. See, we're all failures in this. Try again. Now put your hand up if you've always been 100% on fire in sharing your faith and uh, never been reluctant, never been hesitant, never avoided certain people because you think they're unlikely or uh, they're not going to like it. (laughs) We've all got attitude problems as well. But the first lesson here is that God still wants wants to use us despite all that. Verse 1, have a look at that again. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and here's grace the second time. I don't know what it is for you the third time, the 27th time, the 198th time. Grace means that failure as a Christian is never final. So I don't know if you feel you've blown it in this area. I remember a guy in his his 20s over at Jesmond coming and talking to me and saying he had blown it. He was uh, sharing a house for a year 
uh, with uh, a bunch of young professionals, all of them not Christian. He told himself he'd get to know them better uh, first and then invite them to church. And of course, there's, there's always a reason for leaving a little bit longer, a little bit longer. It was towards the end of the year that they were going to be together. And he came and talked to me. He was completely down on himself. And I said, look, God still wants to use you there. And he said, but what do I do? And I said, well, I suggest saying to them something like this. Look, you know I go to church, uh, but I'm afraid I've been completely rubbish. I've not invited you along, but there is an event coming up. You know, would you come? And do you know what they said? They said, well, we did wonder why you hadn't invited us, because we know other Christians who've invited other mates, you know, of ours. We kind of wondered what was wrong with us. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come. Why not? Isn't that God's grace? Still wants to use us to speak for him despite our failures and attitude problems. So don't give up. And if you have, start again. Use these events coming up to start again. Okay, on to lesson number two, which is this. We must pass on exactly the message God has given us. So look at verse two again. God says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. In other words, exactly what I give you to pass on. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, you need to know the original word overthrown um, can actually mean two things. It can mean overturned, as in by judgment, overthrown, or it can mean turned around, as in people turning back to God. No prizes for guessing what Jonah wanted. He wanted to see it overturned. He wanted an earthquake or a, a volcano or whatever it was. But God wanted it turned around. He wanted this warning of his judgment to bring people to their senses and see them turn back to him. And it is so important to understand God's message in verse 4. Just look at it again. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown is not a prediction. God's not saying, I will definitely bring judgment on you and there's nothing you can do to avoid that. It's not a prediction, it's a warning And by implication, an invitation. God's saying, if you carry on the way you are, I'll bring judgment on you. But I'm telling you now so that you can avoid that by turning back to me. And that's the message Jonah was given to pass on. And the gospel message that God has given us to pass on is pretty much the same. Because think about it. What is is the gospel message? The, The message is that Jesus has died so that we can be forgiven and turn back. And then that Jesus rose again and is back in heaven, where I can't prove him to you, but he's there. And then that um, in the end, Jesus is going to come again, he's going to wrap up history, and he's going to judge everyone who's ever lived. And whoever has not turned to him, Uh, and he takes no delight in this, he cannot have in his kingdom of heaven because you cannot be part of a kingdom if you won't accept the king. But everyone, whoever they are, whatever they've done, who has turned back to him, he is going to welcome into heaven forever. That's the gospel. And just like Jonah's message, it contains a warning 
at an invitation. The warning is that Jesus is our rightful ruler and judge. And if we get to the end of this life on the wrong side of him, we are going to spend eternity on the wrong side of him. And the invitation is to turn back to him and be forgiven because he doesn't want it to come to that. And nor should we. But the challenge is to pass on exactly the message that God has given us, not just part of it or something we might prefer to say. So, uh, for example, I did a seminar on sharing our faith um, over at Jesmond, and I said to people as the kind of warm-up, can you come up with a summary of the gospel for me? And someone said, uh, turn to Jesus and God will forgive you. And that's true, but that's only part of the gospel. It's the easy part to say. What it fails to say is, and turn to Jesus as your rightful ruler. And if you don't, you will remain on course for his judgment. You see, to pass on exactly the message God has given us, we've got to talk about Jesus as our rightful ruler. We've got to talk about sin, to use that word, even if we don't actually specifically use that word. We've got to talk about the idea And we've got to talk about judgment. Dead easy to bottle out of that, but we've got to talk about those things. In conversation, if you're leading Christianity Explored down the tracks this autumn, um, and in some of these One Life events, it's not the first thing that you say. And some of these events are are more interest raisers than saying the whole thing. But in the course of time, we've got to talk about these things. I know that we're worried that it'll put people off, but we've got to get this into our heads. Whether people are put off Jesus or put on to Jesus is God's department. Your and my department is simply to pass on exactly the message that we've been given. And get this, to trust that the hard parts are absolutely essential if people are going to see that they need Jesus. Uh, This came home to me when I was leading a group in my last church. And... uh, It was an inquirer's group, and there was this uh, young woman called Stephanie in it. She was absolutely razor-sharp bright. And by the end of the introductory session, she had sussed out the whole message. And she said, just as we were closing, so are you telling me that I'm going to hell? And she stared at me, and I stared at her, and everyone else in the group stared at the floor. Um, (laughs) Everyone was mutually praying that the floor would swallow someone up. And I was finally given the presence of mind to say, well, what Jesus says, and I take him to be God, is that if you keep rejecting him to the end of your life, yes, you will go to hell. And uh, that was the end of the group for that week. You know, there there was no more, would you like a cup of tea and another biscuit? Everyone left. And faithlessly, I said to my co leader as the door closed, I said, well, we certainly won't see her again. And I wonder how many of them we will see again. The answer is we saw them all, and she was the only one who came to faith. We interviewed her a few years later in church, and I was really struck by what she said. She said, I came from a very religious background. I was told that if I was baptized, I regularly took communion. I tried to live by the Bible, that I would be okay. In other words, all my life I was lied to, and I just needed someone to tell me the truth. Isn't that striking? Last lesson from chapter 3. God brings about belief in him and turning to him. And he can do so when he wants and in whoever he wants. So look down to verse 5. 
It's only day one of the planned three-day visit, and Jonah's only begun to tell them, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And if, if Jonah had been using Christianity Explored, he'd have been saying, hold on, hold on, this is only DVD number one. We've got six more to go to, before we get to how do you become a Christian. And they're responding already. Verse 6, the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Um, and that in their culture was a way of saying, I realize I'm in the wrong with God and I need his forgiveness. Verse 7, and the king issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. So you don't just realize you're in the wrong with God, you ask him for his forgiveness. And read on. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that's in his hands. So you don't just ask him for forgiveness for the fact that you've been living as if he wasn't there. You, you turn away from doing that and you let him run your life from now on. And verse 9, who knows, says the king. God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish, which of course is exactly what God wants to do for them Maybe for you, for everyone around us on Tyneside. So verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them. And he didn't do it. So the way these people responded is exactly the way anyone needs to respond to be forgiven and put right with God. And if you've not made that response or you're honestly not sure, uh, would you please take away one of these Jesus booklets from one of the stands because it, it goes over how you do that so that you can be clear and sure and keep coming back, come to some of these uh, One Life events. Now some people say, uh, isn't God being inconsistent here? He said he'd do one thing and then he went back on his word. The answer is no, because remember, when he said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, it wasn't a prediction that he would bring judgment, come what may. It was a warning that he would if they carried on the way they were going, but they didn't. And so he didn't carry through with his judgment. And then other people just say, you know, isn't this just unbelievable, more unbelievable than the fish in chapter 2? I mean, are you seriously asking me to believe that Jonah went to this totally godless city, who their own king calls evil and violent, who'd heard nothing of the God of the Bible ever before, and at the moment Jonah starts preaching, they believe in God and turn to him? Is that not totally unlikely? And the answer is... For people to believe in God and turn to God is never likely. It's impossible. It's impossible for anyone to turn to God under their own steam because the Bible says, and experience tells us this too, that by nature we don't want God in our lives. We don't want him telling us how to live. So let's not think of some people as likely to respond and others as unlikely or no hopers or no wayers. Because as God showed with Nineveh, he can create response when he wants and in whoever he wants.
So three lessons as we go into this autumn of, of trying to share the gospel. Uh, number one, when you feel rubbish at this or that you've blown it, remember God still wants to use us to speak for him despite our failures, despite our attitude problems. You'll never get your attitude sorted before you embark on this. Just do it. Number two, when you feel tempted to say only the easy things, remember we must pass on exactly the message we've been given. And when you look at people and you think, you know, they'll never be open to it. They haven't been for the last 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is in your family. Remember that by nature no one's open to it. And that it is God who brings people to believe in him and turn to him and that he can do that when he wants and whoever he wants, just as he proved with Nineveh. Let's pray. Father God, we've just seen that it is you who works in us to bring us to believe and turn to you, that that is no problem for you ever. And so for those of us here who want to believe in you, I pray that you'd work in them and overcome their doubts and all that stands in their way. And we pray that this autumn uh, you would use us, use this church to bring more people to hear the gospel and bring more people to faith in Jesus. And we ask that for your glory and for our encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen.